Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Big news today was out of the world of Tampa Bay. Mike Evans suspended. That was upheld. So he will not be. He will not be a part of the game this weekend. Talk more about that and so much more. Our buddy Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus joining us uh, on the hotline at PFF underscore Ben Brown. You can find his stuff there. Ben, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing pretty well, you know, looking forward to week three. I think we got a few uh, high-quality matchups, so it's, uh, you know, an enjoyable time to be an NFL fan. What have we learned over the first two weeks? Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, I think very initially you don't obviously want to overreact a ton, but I do think the teams that, uh, you know, we assumed were kind of bad preseason uh, and are showing their colors, I would say, I think that's going to hold true basically throughout the entire season. I think another team you can maybe add to that, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so teams that struggled out of the gate, especially with maybe some you know coaching-type decisions, those are teams that I think uh, are going to continue on in their ways. And I think that's maybe the thing that holds most fear over the small sample size. The uh, the Packers week one offensively looked just awful. Uh, week two looked so much better. Um, so when I start to put my finger on this, was it just the fact that they ran the ball more, they gave more touches to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they controlled the line of scrimmage, the wide receivers got more open? I mean, when you look at this, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously week one impacted by the Christian Watson drop right away, and I do think, you know, overall uh, that was maybe like the detriment that kind of swung things in the Vikings' direction. I I do think the Bears maybe have somewhat of a comparable defense, but I do think there is some reason for optimism I do think it's going to have to be, you know, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones involved underneath kind of, you know, handling some of those almost slot wide receiver type situations where they can get out in the flat, get out on out routes and kind of make plays after the catch. Because I do think, you know, overall, when you're looking at this wide receiver unit, uh, guys that can maybe win deep or get a contested catch deep. Uh, but outside of that, you don't have the guy underneath that's kind of getting open and separation for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that was the piece that, uh, you know, resulted in a positive situation for the entire offense in week two. And I think that's the spot that needs to continue forward. One of the things that I found interesting, I went to Pro Football Focus this morning, and I just wanted to take a look at the team aspect of things. And I, I it was kind of what I expected early on. Philadelphia, the number one overall ranked uh, offense, Kansas City, Miami. And then I went, wait a minute, ahead of Buffalo was the Packers sitting at number four overall. And it's because they've been able to run the ball so well, more so than pass the ball. I mean, you know, do we really look at this Green Bay Packers team and say that's the fourth best ranked offense in the National Football League with what we've seen so far? Um, I would, you know, I I do think that's a little bit um, probably overvaluing what the Packers have done so far. I think if you're basing it only on, you know, the 2022 aspect of what they've done, they should not be the fourth ranked offense. Uh, in the NFL. Um, So I do think there is, you know, that sort of situation of what have they been previously and what's baked into that expectation. I do think that's some of the reason why you see them at fourth overall. Uh, But yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of good teams I would say that are buoyed by, uh, you know, obviously really good quarterback play. And I think the surrounding cast around them are all question marks. And I think, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Holmes and Aaron Rodgers all fit into that category, but they've been so good for, you know, their entire career that, there is an expectation that their offense is going to always perform at that top five level. I got to ask you, because one of the rankings that I love to look at when I uh, look at defense is not necessarily the rank, but I look at tackling, the tackling ability and what teams have. 
Uh, the Packers, second to last in team tackling, and we've seen a lot of arm tackles. We've seen them take bad angles and such. Explain to me how that tackling reference gets graded so people understand why that Packers team is, is ranked second worst in all of football. Yeah, and it is, it is you know, the, the missed tackle rate that's a big influence on uh, the overall tackle grade that we then calculate basically from the play-by-play expectation of where first contact not only arrives at, but if that first contact is successful from a defensive or an, or an offensive standpoint, either a, you know, a missed tackle or a missed tackle force type situation. And we're seeing you know, the Packers defense grade really highly from that missed tackle. And, you know, they are, I would say, making up for it in other areas. We do have you know, overall their pass rush has one of the highest pressure rates in the NFL. That's in this way translated to sack type situations, but that seems to be where they're winning. I do think their secondary, although it didn't play great against, you know, Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings in week one, I think they are kind of going to, uh, you know, ex- get to back to where they actually are expected to be with Jair Alexander. So I, I, I think the missed tackles are a concern, but I think that's almost, you know, defensive coaching and ability and maybe shaking some rust off in the early on in the season. I think that, you know, moving forward, that's something that if they can improve upon, the rest of the defense, I think, is set up for success. We've seen Philadelphia and the Giants both uh, get a couple of wins. Nobody believes that the New York Giants are the best team in the NFC. But you look at Philadelphia and you can say, okay, they're for real. The one thing that I think has changed the game a little bit is the fact that San Francisco, they lose Trey Lance, they lose that first game, they come back with Jimmy Garoppolo after the injury, and Jimmy Garoppolo leads them to a victory. Then everybody else is one and one out west. Who is the best team in the West? And where would you put San Francisco now that they've got all the weapons and now Jimmy G is back at the helm? Where do they rank in say terms of best teams in the NFC? Yeah, I I think that the the, the intriguing prospect with Trey Lance at quarterback was the high ceiling that he potentially offered. There's obviously more downside risk. I do think with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for San Francisco, you're going to get a much closer to the mean type distribution for where they actually end up at the end of the end of the season. I do think that's probably in like you know uh, position five in the NFC playoff rankings, up to even you know seventh or eighth. I do think it's probably the range in which they fit in with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I think if you have Trey Lance, you know that's when you're talking about winning the NFC West. Uh, and maybe playing or having a game in order to potentially get that first round by. So I think it definitely changes things um, as far as how good they're going to be and how far they can actually go. Uh, but it also probably changes the fact that they're not going to finish really low uh, in the NFC totem pole. So we'll see how it breaks down. I do still think the Rams are uh, probably the best team in the NFC West, but I don't think the NFC West is as good as it was even last year or in prior years right now. Talking with Ben Brown, a pro football focus, kind of grading out the NFL thus far. Uh, Packers have a big one coming up this weekend against Tampa Bay. No Mike Evans, no Godwin. Uh, They're trying to get him back after the hamstring injury. Julio Jones is down. Their offensive line is banged up. How depleted are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And if the Packers go in and get a win, how big of a win actually then is this just for the fact that Tom Brady's name is attached to it? Right. I mean, it is. Uh, probably, you know, one of the worst situations Tom Brady started, in, especially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, you know, and I think that uh, it's kind of a cluster of injuries happening at two of the most important positions on offense outside of the quarterback. And I think that is going to be something that, you know, Tom Brady has navigated fairly well throughout his career, but there are times where everything falls apart. And I do think that is definitely setting up for one of these games for the Green Bay Packers, especially given their, you know, pressure rate, how quickly they can actually pressure the quarterback. 
Tom Brady can deliver on quick throws, but I do think not really having a guy to actually throw to and, you know, signing Cole Beasley off the street, uh, it, it's going to make for a tough setup for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I do think that the spread, although it's favoring, uh, you know, Tampa Bay right now, I do think that's definitely going to move in Green Bay's direction as we get closer to kickoff. Continuing uh, to talk about uh, the best teams, this time go to the AFC. You got the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, both 2-0 and on the season. Kansas City 2-0 and as well. Uh, I know it's weird to throw Tua's name into the mix, but now that he's got the weapons, Tariq Hill looks like a man among boys. Do, do we say Miami is the third best, maybe fourth best team in, in the AFC, or do you still have to throw in the Baltimore Ravens at 1-1 one and one and say they're so much better, the Chargers at 1-1, one and one, they're so much better? I don't necessarily believe in the Broncos, and God, the Raiders spent all that money in the offseason, and they don't have a win to their name. So talk to me about the AFC and the hierarchy there. Yeah, definitely. I think it is, you know, the Buffalo Bills and everybody else. I think uh, when you're looking at, you know, overall talent across the entire roster, I don't think anybody can compete with, you know, the Buffalo Bills and what they're going to be bringing back as well with Tredavious White at cornerback. So, uh, you know, from top to bottom, offensively, defensively, I think they are clear tier above everybody else. Because I think when you look at it, everyone else has some sort of question mark at some sort of key position group. Uh, so I do think it's Buffalo. Then, you know, Kansas City, given what Patrick Mahomes, you know, has provided to them, I do think that, you know, th- there are some concerns about uh, not only their secondary, but probably their wide receiver unit room still as well. So uh, I think they are one and two. And then we kind of have, you know, a, a little bit of a conglomerate of teams that uh, all have their case. And I do think that the Dolphins make a strong case given the overall structure of the roster and how top heavy they are at the wide receiver position. It's really difficult to, you know, have your second best cornerback on a guy like Jalen Wood Waddle and win that, win that matchup, you know, play in and play out every single game. So uh, I like that. I do think Mike McDaniel's pushing a lot of the right buttons for Miami Dolphins. And I do think that they are definitely in the race, you know, to get that playoff seed. And the, but they probably end up, you know, uh, as, as the fourth or, fi- or the fifth team, basically uh, when in the actual playoff, AFC playoff bracket. Talking with Ben Brown, a pro football focus. I had told all my friends that live back in the Queen City of Cincinnati, uh, their team is not going to make it back to the postseason, and they all thought I was an idiot. Uh, I think Joe Burrow might be dead. We might have a funeral before they have a Super Bowl because he's getting killed. 13 sacks, 22 hits thus far. They start off at 0-2. I I don't see anything changing anytime soon for this team. Do you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really bad. I do think, you know, the the, the offensive line – acquisitions that they made I think people thought that you know that whole situation would come together a lot more quickly than it actually did uh it looks bad right now I do think there is this balance between you know a quarterback taking hits and his and actually being somewhat his responsibility right and I do think we've seen Joe Burrow uh you know have this mentality of wanting to hang in the pocket but he is a guy that is going to continue to take hits I would say uh against the pass rush and I do think you know part of that is waiting as long as possible to as to allow his receiver to get open. Uh, but there is a fine line to actually balance. I do think really good quarterbacks, you know, as well, like Tom Brady, they don't take the types of hits that Joe Burrow has taken throughout the course of his early career. So uh, I think it's more a reflection of how he plays quarterback and, you know, the, the offensive line pieces that were brought in can only do so much to actually improve that. So uh, I'm, somewhat in agreement with you. I do think they have enough talent at the wide receiver position to maybe turn some things around offensively. Uh, but I was probably higher on them, uh, you know, on the betting market was to start the season. So I think that, you know, my priorities are still that they are or, and can be, you know, a pretty good team in the AFC. 
I want to go over to the Dallas Cowboys real quick. Uh, they get that with speaking of Cincinnati. They get the win over Cincinnati, and uh, suddenly they're flying high. Jerry says that you know Dak Prescott's going to walk on water by the time he comes back because he's going to heal up much faster than anybody anticipated. Uh, give me your thoughts on Dallas right now because they did play well and sack Joe Burrow and put pressure on the quarterback, but without Dak Prescott, really, how good are the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I I, I think we saw uh, the makings for where they actually are in that week one game. And I do think Dak Prescott, you know, can still be a high quality quarterback at the NFL level. That's not what he showed in week one. And outside of him, they lost a lot of pieces, right? We already talked a little bit about Leal Collins, but you know, the offensive line, the wide receiver room as well, uh, they're kind of relying on one guy. And I think that uh, it, it sets up for, uh, you know, a foundational crack if Dak Prescott's not at the helm. So the question becomes, how quickly is he going to be back? And I think, you know, the initial reports were, uh, you know, a six to eight week time frame. Jerry Jones, obviously hoping that it's less than that. But uh, at that time, given who they're actually playing, you know, a 2-0 uh, Giants team on the road this week, uh, the commanders who have been better next week, and then uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they could easily be out of, uh, you know, any sort of conversation for the playoffs by the time Dak Prescott gets back. So uh, I'm worried about them. I do think it's, it's getting close to needing to hit the panic button, but uh, I'm not sure how many outs they actually have left. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? Thanks. Have a great show. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. You can go to pff.com, see Pro Football Focus. You can subscribe there, get all the uh, premium stats and all that kind of good stuff included. And you can follow him at pff underscore Ben Brown, pff underscore Ben Brown. Yeah, I got up this morning and I thought, let me just check and see where the Packers are ranked. And I thought, boy, they'd probably be 14th, 15th, 16th, somewhere in there. When you look at some of these teams, Arizona, Minnesota, Denver, Baltimore, the Chargers, they're all ranked lower than the Packers, offensively speaking. And like he said, that that ranking might be a little bit high overall, but they're ranked 71.8, 71.8, sixth overall in passing. When it comes to pass blocking, though, they're ranked number 12. They're not in the top 10, but they're ranked number 12. When it comes to receiving, they're ranked number nine. Why? They're 69.6 proficiency. But the reason they're ranked number nine is because a lot of the short passes and a lot of the completion percentage for Aaron Rodgers early on this season in the first couple of games. Then you look at running the football. Green Bay, when was the last time Green Bay Packers were number one in the National Football League at running the football? That's where they stand right now, right here. Number one at running the football. Here's the odd thing. This is how good uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon have been on, on uh, run after contact because run blocking to actually blow open a hole, they're ranked 21st. 21st. So basically you've got two running backs after initial contact picking up additional yardage via spin move or just plowing over people and the inability to tackle these guys. They're ranked number one in running the football, but 21st in run blocking. That's like unheard of. But that's where the numbers and the rating puts them out. It's, it's, it's just you start to think about things in that light when you really start to break down the numbers. It's just very, very interesting. Um, hey, our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery, they got a lot of good stuff coming up, a lot of benefits coming up, and weekend entertainment's still going. It's going to be beautiful up in the Menominee uh, Marinette area, okay, up in Peshtigo. Okay, the the leaves are starting to change. We know they're starting to fall here in the southern portion of the state. The northern portion, though, they're changing. They're a little bit ahead of what's going on down here 
is beautiful. If you get up there the next couple of weeks specifically, stop over at the uh, winery at Forgotten Fire Winery in Peshtigo and check out all that they have to offer. Check, Just take a ride. Go enjoy the day. Sip a little wine. Listen to some music. It's, it's a great day. Otherwise, if you're just going to do it in your own backyard, and maybe you're going to have some on hand if you get a gathering for, say, the game on Sunday or uh, the game on Saturday, for that matter, go to ForgottenFireWinery.com, see all that they have to offer, and then say, I want to try it. Or I want to buy it again. Go to your local grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores, ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. And if you do go to the winery in Peshtigo, make sure you tell them you heard about it right here, and they will give you a deal. I'm telling you. Say, hey, I was listening to the Bill Michael Show, and I heard that uh, there's a deal up here. Would like to get it. And they'll show you right to it. It's that kind of goodness. Oh, Chris, Melissa, Jake, all good people up there. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we continue on coming up in just a little bit we're gonna hear from matt lafleur head coach of your green bay packers and uh, for those of you that are going to be joining the brewers broadcast and many of the affiliate stations uh get a hold of us on the app download the app go to the zone madison uh, w-o-z-n the zone madison just download it uh you can put it on your mobile device on your you know tablet you can do it on your or you can just go to thebillmichaels.com and you can listen to it right there off of the website if you got a PC or a laptop or something sitting there. Or you can watch the program all the time. Simply subscribe. And the, the subscription is completely free, by the way. Just follow us, like us, subscribe to us over there on YouTube. And uh, we're trying to get more and more followers on YouTube because uh, YouTube uh, is a, a pretty stable platform for us. So if you get a chance to do that, please do so. Uh, go to YouTube.com slash Show. YouTube.com slash Show. And uh, you can find us over there as well. So uh, a couple of things. Our buddy Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Shapiro, uh, betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Here's a couple of things for you, okay? Uh, The next quarterback to lose their starting job other than Mitch Trubisky. That's not nice. Yeah. Let me give you this. Ryan Tannehill. Geno Smith, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Davis Mills, Jameis Winston, Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, or Jared Goff. Ryan Tannehill is coming in at one to one. Jared Goff, thirty-three to one. He had a pretty solid game this past weekend too. Daniel Jones. I mean, why would you get rid of Daniel Jones at this point? He's twenty-five to one, but he's two and zero. Matt Ryan. That could possibly happen. Albeit, I think they're gonna. Ride it out with him, which Matt, boy, you talk about a quarterback that fell off the map. Matt Ryan just went from being a Super Bowl, almost a Super Bowl winner. Remember, they were leading by uh, an entire state, and Tom Brady and company came back and roasted him. And Matt Ryan has never been the same since. Carson Wentz, he's been bouncing around. Justin Fields, no way. 
he's not going to sit, but they're saying 10 to 1 odds that he does because he ends up just getting the hell beat out of him and they want to save him for next year. Jameis Winston, no. On down from there. Um, will Bruce Arians be on the sideline? Prop bet. Week three. Down in Tampa Bay. Do you think Bruce Arians is on the sidelines? Will the Denver Broncos have a delay of game penalty? They've had numerous early on. The total sacks allowed by the Bengals' offensive line in week three. The over and under is three and a half. Oh, I take the over on that. I take the over on that. There you go. Just a few of them. Um, here's one for you, Ben. The next NCAA uh, football coach to be fired. Some of the more notables. Uh, Brian Harson, out of Auburn. Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Neil Brown, West Virginia. David Shaw from Stanford. Jeff Scott from South Florida. Jay Norvell, Colorado State. Some of those we really don't care about. How about Chip Kelly from USCLA? Did you see the UCLA game? They played at the Coliseum. There's nobody there. UCLA football, there was nobody there. I was, like, stunned. I mean, you figured there'd be at least a student section or something. There's nobody there. It was, like, their parents, a couple of neighbors, and a few people that are homeless outside the stadium they let in. Jimbo Fisher from Texas A&M. Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. I figure Pat Fitzgerald almost has like a lifetime membership to coach at Northwestern, don't you? Being a Northwestern guy? Definitely, no doubt. There are a lot of, I mean, Brian Harrison's a sitting duck. He's going to get fired. I'm surprised they even brought him back this season. There's also the Louisville coach, Scott Satterfield. People He's aren't on happy the list there. Too. Yep. Um, it's, it's interesting because Herm Edwards. Steve Sarkeesian from Texas. He's another one. Oh, I think he's. I mean, they landed Arch Manning. Uh, he's actually on the list. He's actually on the list. Steve Cursey, huh. uh, Steve Cursey. And also Marcus Freeman out of Notre Dame. Because they don't wait around for uh, offers in Notre Dame. But who would be the next NCAA coach to be fired? I think I'd put my money in uh, Collins from Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins, seven to four odds to be fired. They're They're terrible. Yeah, it's a bad football team. Bad football team. So, anyway, uh, they do have uh, uh, NFL coaches to be fired and or resign. Matt Rule, Nathaniel Hackett, Frank Reich, Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury is probably top of the list right now, don't you? Hmm. I definitely, if I were the GM there, I would act on that. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's top of the list necessarily because they're going to win. Kyler's going to win them games, so it's going to make him look better. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know. I think every time Kyler Murray makes a pass or makes a spectacular play, all he does is extend the life of Cliff Kingsbury. Um, they say Josh McDaniels is 12-1. to 1. Kevin Stefanski, Ron Rivera. Mike McCarthy is on this list, and I, I, I think Mike is just sitting there waiting to be axed at this point. Arthur Smith, Pete Carroll, Lovey Smith. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's not going anywhere. They're going to give him at least another year, and hopefully he gets some more wins and then kind of evens things out. Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. He comes off of a Super Bowl, and people think he's a moron. I think he's a moron. I thought they won in spite of him almost. Matt Eberflus, no. Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh, 
John Harbaugh's not going anywhere. I wouldn't think. That's just some of the uh, some of the some of the bets coming out of BetOnline.ag and uh, coming out of Vegas right now. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, and this portion of our gambling session brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Golden play right now going on. Go down there and make some be be kind of like the Midas touch. You win, everybody wins. Got to see all the details down at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Good stuff from them. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, Mark says, hey, unit, uh, you only need a few more followers over on YouTube to get to 2,400 subscribers. Really? I didn't know that. I haven't taken a look at that in a while. We, um, You're right. 2,396 subscribers we have right now. We only need four more for 2,400. Not a bad way to go. Thank you very much for the update. Uh, this one's from Brian real quick. Brian says, uh, hey, Bill, I like the assessment of the offense and the offensive line zone blocking scheme. Do you think – well, let me go, let me back up. When you say zone blocking scheme, it's not necess- – It's not. that's not the same offense Mike McCarthy ran. It's different. It, it's a lot different. Uh, sometimes it looks like it, only for the fact that it is, but it's kind of a, a hybrid. They don't do a lot of that zone blocking like they used to. Just an FYI. It's not, it's, it looks similar, but it's not. It's not where you just tap a guy and run to the next zone and tap a guy and run to the next zone. And it's, it's not the same. It's, it's, you got a little bit of trapping. You got some pull blocking. You got some guys pressing down from the tight end position. I think the blocking scheme has looked a little different only for the fact that you haven't had steady play at the tackle positions to start the season. I, I think it's going it'll, to, it'll, it'll even itself out. Put it that way. I think it's going to be okay. But I'm not overly concerned about it. So I get it, but no, I'm not. It's not the same thing. So just an FYI. So the rest of your the rest of your email becomes relatively a moot point. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, we, we're just moments away from Matt LaFleur. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show. Rocking on. We're going to hear from uh, Matt LaFleur, his usual Wednesday presser coming up here shortly. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Water Doctors in Waukesha, Wisconsin, but uh, traveling all over to join with that Connecticut water softening system, which I believe is the best in the business. That's our friends at the Water Doctors. John Atley, the owner over there. Give him a call at 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. Again, 262-549-7733. And they also put their money where their mouth is. They donate back for the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy. And uh, that does great, great work for those that are in need of service dogs. Our veterans, our men, our veteran, our men and women coming out of the military uh, do the uh, Custom Canine Service Dog Academy. So... Good stuff there, too. That's our friends at the Water Doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, .com. Uh, this is from Lucia, L-U-C-I-A, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
uh, says uh, Aaron Rodgers not going to have problems with the Tampa Bay defense. However, he'll have problems with Brady across the way. He looks up to Brady too much, presses too hard, does not play well against Brady. Um, then you've got this one from uh, this is from Ted who says, uh, "Great show today. Looking forward to the fact. Looking forward to the fact that Rodgers will step up and play better versus Brady. He has the weaponry." If they utilize the run game and continue to run the ball, this is going to be a good football team. When you get away from the run, that's when you get into trouble. Matt LaFleur gets too pass happy. Well, as Aaron Rodgers had stated the other day on the Pat McAfee show, I think it was yesterday, he said he has 100% autonomy to change the play at the line of scrimmage. Now, whether he does or doesn't, I'd love to know the amount of times that he actually does. But... We all know if Rodgers sees the matchup that he likes, he'll throw the ball rather than run the ball. But I I agree with you that this is, whether you're putting it in the hands of your running backs via handoff or pass, that's your best weapon. Those are your best weapons right now. Until somebody else emerges, that's your best weapon. Uh, And what else do we have here? This one, this is from uh, Ricky. Ricky says, uh, does Bakhtiari finally make it back? And if he can't come back this week, do we just put him on the pup list and tell him forget it this season and see if we can get out of this contract? I we're going to find out. I, I'm going to I'm waiting to hear from Matt Lafleur here momentarily. Uh, but I get the sense that this was the game that they were targeting for David Bakhtiari to come back. So we'll see. Uh, but again, we're waiting to find out um, officially from Matt Lafleur. But I, you know, David Bakhtiari's been practicing. All indications are that he will be back sooner rather than later. But yeah, if he doesn't go this week, then you got to. You really, I mean, every week we say it, then you really got to start to wonder. I, we're beyond wondering at this point. You know, um, I don't think I look at David Bakhtiari as a complete and utter failure. But you have to start. My level of concern is all. At what point do you become really concerned? You know what I mean. I think I've already become concerned. I don't. If he comes back, um, if he comes back, you got to you got to wait and see how he actually plays. And then give him a little bit of time. And if he doesn't play better every week, moving uh, into, say, that that level of play that we expect out of him, I don't expect him to come back and be great. You just, you just can't. You know? Uh, let's do this. Matt LaFleur is at the podium. So let's take a listen to what Matt LaFleur has to say, just for a short period of time, and then we'll come back into it. Let's start with Matt LaFleur. Here he is. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, regardless of who's out there for them, I mean, it's a heck of a challenge. It's just defensively they're loaded, offensively they're loaded. They got, you know, Tom, and um, they got a lot of great athleticism on their team, and that, that definitely helps their special teams. So uh, it's, it's going to be quite the challenge. We know that. What's your overall assessment of the special teams unit through two games and the progress from week one to week two? I thought week one to week two was as much growth as we've had in any area. So, uh, you know, our guys, you could see the effort on display. 
and I thought they did a better job of just everybody doing doing their one eleventh, and and um, you know I thought we did a, a pretty good job. But that's only one game, and every week's a new challenge. So we got to make sure we have a good week of preparation, which I'm I'm sure we'll get. And I know Rich will demand that of those guys, and uh, they got and then ultimately we got to go out there and execute. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk about Brady and Rodgers this week, but they're they're awfully. Ooh. Two fairly famous quarterbacks. They're awfully different guys, though. They've been that way throughout their career. In your estimation, what makes each of them great, and what what do you think is the biggest difference between them? Yeah, that's a tough question because um, I've never really been around Tom, so I don't I don't know him like that. But obviously, just all you got to do is look at number one, their ability to win games, uh, to lead teams, and. Uh, certainly, Tom's won a, a ton of Super Bowls, and uh, you look at the talent of, of both those guys, and um, you know it's it's not surprising as to why they're referred to as two of the greatest ever. So they're, I think they're both great competitors. There's there's a lot of similarities in that regard, but as far as their differences, you know, I, I can't really speak to it without being around the guy. Why do you think he's been able to sustain his success for so long? Wow, that's a hell of a question. I think everybody wished they knew the answer to that. Um, but the guy sure looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Uh, certainly, he's always been one of the sharpest guys in terms of his mind, his ability to, to, to go out there and process and see things and go out there and execute. And, um, you know, it doesn't look like he's lost anything on his ball. Uh, he sure is. We showed some clips today in the team meeting of of uh, him firing strikes down the field, and uh, he still looks like he's playing at a really, really, really high level. When you see Sammy now, how is he? What are the similarities, and how has he changed since when you were with him in LA? Um, you know, that's again, that's another good question. I, I think that um, when we got him in LA, we got him midway through. The preseason, so he never really had a full off season with us, and um, you know I would say our offenses were were a little bit different as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just think that he's a guy that, at least in our time together here, he's been able to handle everything we've thrown at him with with ease. So uh, you know he's there's a lot more similar to when he was there than than difference. Um, I, I still think he's got a lot of juice in, in him. I still think he goes out there and he does a he, he is an imposing uh, player in the run game as well. He, he really makes some critical blocks for us and certainly his ability to generate big plays was evident the other night and um, you know we're lucky to have him. Hey Matt, at the end of the game Sunday night, the design played with Sammy for 55 yards and I think Aaron Jones had one for 15. Um, tell me though about that red zone offense because it seemed like that was particularly frustrating for you guys. That even though the game was probably secure, that, you know you wanted to finish there after those big plays. Is that tough to transition sometimes in the red zone for those big games? No, I think we had a penalty if I remember correctly, and certainly any time you get, it's tough to overcome penalties at any point of the game. But in particular, you're talking the red zone. Um, those are tough plays to overcome, and. You know, we definitely wanted to keep kind of keep the ball on the ground to let that clock, uh, you know, hopefully expire as much as possible. 
and uh, who's got their phone in here? Uh, but you know, it's just you got to make sure that you're on top of your game when you get in those critical situations, and we can't have penalties. Uh, you mentioned overcoming penalties. You're very low on penalties this year as a team, and you have been your whole time here. How do you how do you do that, and how much do you value that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's a, a big time credit to our players to be able to go out there and and be disciplined in terms of their technique and. Um, not put themselves in, in really bad positions. So uh, that's that's all the, the our coaches and, and our players. Do you know right now if Dave is going to play on Sunday? I have no idea. Is there anything about the the environment being on the road, anything like that, that would preclude, or is is that an environment that he could break in on? Yeah, I think so. But uh, again, again, we're going to take it one day at a time, and um, we'll see where we're at. at you know, on Sunday. I just, I don't even let my mind go there at this point. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur talking to uh, the media. No specific indication just yet as to whether or not he would even believe that David Bakhtiari is going to be back. Uh, some of the things coming out of that. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a step away, take a quick break. We'll hear more from Matt LaFleur coming up a little bit later on in the program. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Green Bay Packers installing a game plan for Sunday's game in Tampa against the Buccaneers. The Packers making a roster move. They released wide receiver Travis Fulgham, who'd been briefly with the team in camp back in 2020, then had some success that season with the Eagles. They added a linebacker, DQ Thomas, out of Middle Tennessee State. The Packers dominated the time of possession against the Bears Sunday night, but they gave up some big gains to Chicago's running backs, David Montgomery. Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, including a 28-yard run on a second and 20 in the fourth quarter. Defensive tackle Jerron Reed on the Packers' run defense. We got kind of a little leaky in the fourth quarter. Um, I think we still gave up too many yards, but it's something we can go and hold on and see, uh, go to the film, see what we can work on and do better when we come in this week in practice. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good enough, uh, certainly on that drive. Um, I think we can all acknowledge that. They did a nice job. I got to give uh, Getze credit because we put more of our pass coverage defense out there. You know, in terms of our nickel, they gutted us on a couple powers for big yardage, and that's why I got to give him a lot of credit for just staying disciplined with that approach. The Buccaneers beating their NFC South rivals, the Saints, in the Superdome, twenty to ten, where some fights broke up between the Bucks' Mike Evans and Saints' defensive back Marshawn Lattimore. Tom Brady on Evans' ejection and possible suspension. You know, Mike and Marshawn. You know, they've had their own battles over the years. And, and look, I think just sometimes the emotions get the best of us. And I love Mike. And the fact that Mike would come out there to defend me. In the end, emotions are a part of sports. Sometimes they boil over. It's an unfortunate circumstance. I don't think it deserved any type of suspension. Um, I think that's ridiculous. That's Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. On the Bill Michaels Show. If you're out and about, maybe on 94, Johnson Creek area, you're an over-the-road truck driver, you are just listening to the program, or you just want to get good service, if you, even if you're heading from Milwaukee or Madison, anywhere in between, that's our buddy uh, J&L Tire Service, Lyle and the gang out there. They do not only great work, but also 
They do a lot of uh, great things for the community. That's the reason we love working with them. They're honest, and they get the job done, and they get it done right, and they get it done in a timely fashion. So go to JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com. JNLTire.com. Give them a shout. Really, really good people. Really, really good people. So um, I, I thought it was interesting in the comments by um, Matt LaFleur when specifically asked very quickly, by the way, Hey, you know, any indication as to whether or not you're going to get, uh, you know, uh, David Bakhtiari back? No. No. What? what? No. Nothing. That quick. You know, I don't know what to believe at some point. You know, you got to, I mean, I know they they don't want to put pressure on him to come back. But at some point, man, you just got to go, yep, we expect him back this week. You know, expect him back. Hopefully David Bakhtiari's back and playing, and uh, and then somebody's phone goes off. Oh my goodness, you never want that. You never want that to happen, but it did. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully find out here today when we see who's on and who's not on the practice field as to uh, whether or not you've got David Bakhtiari as a most likely candidate to be back this coming week. This is from Jay. Jay says. Why are we putting all of our eggs in the basket of David Bakhtiari? Didn't Yash Naiman do fine work last year? Yes. Thank you. I've been saying that. I've been saying that. Look, you want Bakhtiari to come back, but the first couple of games, do you expect Bakhtiari to be better than Yash Naiman? Think about that for a minute. A guy who has not played really a lot of snaps, meaningful, steady snaps in the NFL. I think he played 20-something in the game against uh, the Detroit Lions. Do you think he's going to come back and be better than what's out there right now? Because he's not even going to be he, – he'll be a 90 to 100% healthy David Bakhtiari. But as far as technique and footwork and everything that goes along with it, do you think he's going to be better than Yash Nyman right out of the shoot? I don't. I'm not knocking David Bakhtiari. I'm just telling you I just don't. Not yet. So I understand everybody's anxiety to get back at it for David Bakhtiari, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think there's going to be some growing pains here while you wait for him to really get back into the swing of things. It's not a bad thing. It's just, just a fact. That's all. I thought, to me, it's more about if Elton Jenkins gets better each and every game, and he's back, and Yash Nyman's over at the left tackle position. No more injuries uh, in the mid portion of your line. You get, you know, you get everybody back and going. You get them all back together, and that offensive line becomes the strength. Then, then you're good. Then you throw Bakhtiari back into that mix, and you're good to go. But it, you, there's never going to be a good time to throw him back in. Never going to be a great team to throw him in against. He's a left tackle, for God's sakes. He's going to get the best pass rusher on every team, and every team has a pass rusher very capable of playing National Football League. So I, I'm all I'm saying is is I think that this is a little bit uh, of an overblown story, other than the fact of just the return of a guy who's been out for so long. Does that make sense? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. You want to hit us up? Do it. Got another hour yet to go. In this next hour, we'll hear more from Matt Lafleur, but also we're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers at some point today. So we'll see. Hang in there. 
Another hour yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pindell, a quality machining manufacturing company right here in the state of Wisconsin, looking for good people, too. Pindell needs some people right now, people that not only want a job but want a career. They pay well, their benefits are good, they will train you, and they'll train you on robotics as well, some of the things that they do. Good old-fashioned machining and CNC on one side, robotics and such on the other. That's It's a career. It's not just a job. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell.com, Pindell.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.